Blog Talk Radio. A Napa guy knows not to judge a man by his car's multicolored paint job or absence of modern gadgetry. Who cares if it's technically old enough to vote and the windows are powered by the strength of your left arm? Your monthly payment is zero, and it'll stay that way. Because with over 400,000 parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep anything on the road. She may not be pretty, but she's all yours. That's Napa know-how. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and thanks for listening to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And we are excited to have you with us tonight on Relationship Wednesdays because we're talking about a topic that I think is really going to be um, meaningful for folks out there listening. And today's topic is overcoming your insecurities so that your insecurities do not overcome you. And so let me go backwards a little bit and tell you a little bit about um, who I am. My name is Dr. Nefertiti Noel, and I run a thriving private practice that is in Naperville. It's also in downtown Chicago. We're um, online, and we're also telephonic. So we do a lot of work really, really all over the country, all over the world, and so we want to help you understand how to better manage your relationships and every aspect that we can help you with. Yep. My background is in corporate America here in New Orleans Associates. I focus on resume consults, uh, life coaching, and mock interviews. All right. So there's lots of aspects of your life where you have to be secure and solid in who you are and the presentation of who you are, and um, you have to like who you are so that other people can respect you and and like you and at least listen to your leadership in some sense of the word. Yes. And a lot of the ways that people – um, fail at what they do is they develop insecurities, they, they feel insecure about something, and they let that kind of eat them alive so that they are no longer effective in one or more areas of their life, right? And so we've all had that time where someone has said something about maybe what we have on, the way we look, the way we acted, the way we performed, our productivity was not where it should have been. Like people can throw out doubtful comments throughout their life course, and people can sort of digest those inhale those and believe that those things are true about them. Yeah, they can internalize those messages they get from other people. It can be over a lifetime. Someone could have said something to you 20 years ago and it's still impacting someone's life today. It could be like that, mm-hmm. okay? And so not only they don't just take it for that one particular incident, that one presentation or that one uh, play that they were in that wasn't good. Now, now they're not a good person overall that they don't have, they're not a good worker, things of that nature. They they globalize it or internalize it for their whole um, self-image. Right. And some people's insecurities are valid. Now, first of all, let's talk about the different ways that people um, experience insecurity. One can be in the workplace. A person can be insecure about their abilities, their leadership style, um, if they do the work well, if they're liked by others, if they've got the skills to do it. You can be insecure in your family life, like how you manage your your role as mother, daughter, husband, wife, lover, whatever those things are. You can be insecure in your um, leadership. Leadership. You know, yeah. you have people who never feel comfortable taking the, taking the lead. You know, something they have skills in and they could add value to a conversation or add value to a product, but for whatever they just don't come out and do it. They don't stand up front. Correct. You can have insecurities in your, your personal relationships. Um, you can say, you know, I really don't like my boyfriend having girls on his Snapchat or his Instagram because it makes me feel like he'll do something. And some of those insecurities can be very valid, right? So we're talking about 
if there's an insecurity that you are valid about, so let's say, for example, because I've got a lot of questions about this tonight, so I'm going to answer this right up front. How do I avoid insecurities with my boyfriend that used to cheat or my husband that had an affair? Like, the thing with that is, is if you have insecurities about his ability to stay faithful or her ability to stay faithful to you, and it's valid because they've done something in the past, I'm not going to tell you to get over that. I'm going to tell you to make a decision about whether or not you need to be in that space with that person. And to get over an insecurity, one must prove themselves, right? That's a great point, yes. You know? So that's for those things. But we're talking about insecurities that may not necessarily be valid or that are valid, but you can get around them because you can look for your strength. That makes a lot of sense. And so just things to think about. Check out one of our past shows, Leading from Your Strengths. I talk a lot about, because I believe this in my therapy, I believe in my personal life, that we cannot spend a lot of time stuck in what we're not good at. You know, I am not a good architect because I've never put any, any energy into it. Right. So if I went out to build a building, if someone challenged me, Dr. Well, I challenge you <laughs> to build a skyscraper tomorrow. Right. I don't today have the skills to do that tomorrow. So I'm not going to stay up late nights crying about it, worrying about it, because I can't believe I don't. If it's something I don't know, I don't know. So I don't, I'm not going to get into building management. But I'll get into something that deals with interpersonal skills, relationships, the strengths that I have. And so one of the big things that everybody I really think needs to do, and do it today while you're listening to the show or maybe do it when you've got some alone time tomorrow when you meditate in the morning, make a list of the things that you know you're good at. Like, hands down, no doubt I'm great at baking cakes, let's say that's one. I'm a great wife or a great mother or I'm great at running or I'm great at weightlifting or I'm great at organizing or I'm great at mopping or I'm great at sleeping. The things you are no doubt the best at. And then make a list of your insecurities and see if you can use any of the things you're the best at at to outweigh those insecurities. Sure. Maybe great at managing a budget, giving presentations, um, leading a meeting. Picking out produce. Like, I'm not sure. necessarily going for I'm great at, the, the you know, I'm great at leading 10,000 people in speaking or pledging. I'm saying even list down, I'm great at making a grocery list and you know, going out and getting everything. I'm great at sticking, like they were saying, to a budget. Yep. I'm great. I mean, list the things that you're really good at so we can at some point work on those strengths. Makes sense. And not on those weaknesses. So, Darren, let's talk a little bit about insecurities. You've got an article. Yeah, this is from AskMen.com, Overcoming Your Insecurities. And they talk about as you're getting into identifying your insecurities, finding the root of the insecurity, right? Finding out where this came from. Why or do you have an insecurity in a particular area? Did it come from? Can we backtrack really quickly? Sure. Yeah. I'm not sure if we defined insecurity. Okay. And an insecurity is anything that breaks your confidence in a particular area. I'm going to repeat that. Yeah, repeat that. An insecurity is anything that breaks your confidence in a particular area. So I just want to be clear about that. No, that's good. That's good. So we're now talking about the steps to overcoming an insecurity. So Darren, go ahead. Right. And it, it is not easy. We're talking about if you have someone has insecurity in an area, it's not easy to overcome these. So it takes work, it takes dedication, it takes focus, and it takes effort to try and, and overcome those things. So the first one to talk about is finding the root, okay? Think about where the lack of confidence is coming from. Did, it, did you have a, a failure in a boardroom meeting? Um, did you have a bad experience with a girlfriend or boyfriend in the past? Um, where is this insecurity coming from? And identifying what causes to have it. So the first thing is where is it coming from? Did someone say something to you? You had a bad experience? Where is it coming from? I think that's vital because you need to know 
how to attack it, how to address it. But if you don't even know where it came from, it's hard to, to try to address it and overcome it. Okay. Let me start there from a clinical standpoint. Um, in your interpersonal relationships or in your daily life, you may not always know exactly be able to draw a string from what the root of something actually is. Okay. okay. It could be something that happened when you were two years old and somebody said, um, you know, I have, I know plenty of people who tell a story of they drew a picture when they were kids, they showed it to their parents, and they asked their parents what it was. And the parents said, oh, it's a, it's a gorilla. Right. And Bobby said, no, it's actually a picture of you, Mom, or it's a, it's a tree or whatever right. that right. thing may be. Or maybe you put a picture up on the wall, and Mom said, I'm not going to put that picture on the refrigerator because it's ugly. And I've had so many, thousands of those stories, right? And so a lot of times people may not know that their that their insecurity in presenting ideas may stem from the time when they were two and they drew a picture and mommy didn't put it up on the wall. That's a good question. Do you think that is the case? The, would you say the majority of the time people don't know where the insecurity came from? Or I'm going to say that about 60% of the time people with help can trace it back to something specific. Okay. But many times, point that I made in, in a previous broadcast, that our brains cannot tell fiction from fact unless we tell it that one thing is fiction and one thing is fact. So, for example, let's say um, you go watch a movie, and the movie makes a joke about fat people or obese people or it says something negative about a particular characteristic that a person has, and it, it kind of dings them. Mm-hmm. They may remember the ding, but not know that that's directly connected to how they feel when they put on a tight dress. Understood. So I think it's a half and half. Some people know exactly where it comes from. Now, everything has a root cause. I'm just suggesting that, yes, it's great to find out the root cause, but if you can't find out the root cause, you still need to get over the insecurity. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. okay. All right. Go ahead. Um, the next thing in the article they talk about here is uh, invalidate the problem. So once you pinpoint, if you can, the specific incident that created the creator in your self-image, consider why the occurrence doesn't prove anything for your life as a whole. Think about the time where you did have success uh, in similar areas in your life. So if you did have an issue with a bad relationship, okay. Um, but you know what? I've had three or four other relationships that didn't end well and had success in those relationships. So that one bad experience does not dictate my entire uh, dating relationship. Yeah. Okay, things of that nature. One thing that I'm going to say about invalidating the problem is a lot of times we all have to stop hearing. So we have an inner voice that kind of controls our confidence levels, the things that we say to ourselves, and then there are outside influences that have a lot to do with how we feel about ourselves. And sometimes invalidating the weakness has to do with ignoring popular thoughts about a particular thing, right? Sometimes you have to ignore. Um, th- there was a time where, I mean, and times change, right? So there's a, right now in our society, there's a big thing being put on image about weight, right? Yes. It's a huge thing. If a person's, like, got more, a bigger body, a percentile of body fat than somebody else, that's considered a big deal. They're calling people who may not have, it may not appear to uh, to be obese, but people are being called obese, morbidly obese. Women are looking at magazine covers and seeing that, you know, the latest model is a size zero, and you can see her ribs. Then they look at themselves, and they're not able to see their, their own ribs. And so invalidating the problem may may mean a huge, big idea of saying to yourself that what mainstream says about 
weight may not necessarily mean that I have to abide by it. That's not easy to do. No. It really is. It could mean invalidating the problem could, could mean something like realizing that just because your mom said that you, your artwork wasn't beautiful doesn't mean that her opinion is the only opinion that counts. Right. It could mean that your judgment about something. So, for example, um, you know, I was reading reviews. If anyone's ever read a review, there are lots of reviews that always go up about anything, right? And I was reading a review about a particular college, and there was a person on the review that was going on and on about how horrible the college was and how the college didn't offer strong enough learning and enough challenge. I mean, they just went on and on and on. And then, so that was maybe four years prior that review was. Then a recent review from that person said, I used to dog this college out, now I'm going here, and it's great. <laughs> right? So, right. So if you had taken that initial uh, feedback from, from that person who wrote that uh, review, okay, you may have chosen not to go to that school right. and missed out on a great opportunity. But then they also had to invalidate the, their own belief system because before they actually went to school there, they may not have, they might have really believed what they said sure. was, was true. But without the experience, they, they had to readjust with new experiences. So invalidating the problem also is about, readjusting to new experiences. So let's say you've had 50 relationships and they all sucked. You can still invalidate that by saying, listen, those all sucked, but now I'm aware that there's an issue and the next one's going to go very good. I've addressed the the issue. Or I'm working to address the issue. Or I've changed the type of person that I go after when I'm dating. Or I've changed my standards. Or I've, I've done something to myself that I am better in the sense of someone will be attracted to me or I've worked on my anger or whatever that small thing is. Or I'm just aware and awareness is half of the battle, and I don't have to be worried about that anymore. So I don't have to take those negative experiences to my next relationship necessarily. No. Like I was just having a, a, a conversation with someone who said to me, she said, Dr. Noel, I'm really nervous about this new juncture of my life. She said because she's going to, the schools that she has gone to previously didn't find a person with her characteristics as attractive. But the school she picked, she knows they may find her attractive. And in her mind, she doesn't feel like she can be desired or wanted because of where she was placed. Those people didn't desire or want her. From a previous experience. Correct. The school. Okay. Correct. So she's developed insecurities just because the guys at her school deemed only one and maybe two particular types of women viable for dating. So then she was always friend zoned, buddy zoned, you know, sure. study buddy zoned instead of dated. But that didn't have anything to do with her. It had everything to do with them. Right. So invalidating that experience, is mean, experience means realizing that even if a thousand people think it, it doesn't make it right. So how many people, however many years ago, thought that the world was flat? And that if you drove, if you took your your boat to the edge of it, you would fall off. People thought that. Absolutely sure. That was a common thought at one time. And now we know that to be not true, right? Someone, right? They invalidated that. Somebody took Christopher Columbus, took a boat ride, <laughs> and went in a circle and realized he didn't fall out, and and figured out, oh, the world is not flat; it's actually a circle. But he, but might well, he actually never believed it was flat. He he said, hey, wait, it's not flat. But to prove it, someone had to go out and put new evidence into the atmosphere so that there could be a new challenge about whether or not that initial thought was, was true. So people would be very insecure about, I don't want to take a long trip, I don't want to go that far because I don't want to fall off. And that was a very valid thought until it was invalidated. 
everything. And we've got to learn to do that, if we can, in our own personal lives. Here's another example of it, and I want to keep harboring on and validating. Sure, yeah, let's do it. Insecurities are really big for people. So let's say, let's trace another an, another insecurity back. Um, um, I have, or I know several people who they're very afraid of the dark. They're afraid if the the lights are out, that they'll be hurt, they'll be killed, they'll be maimed. Now, why is that so? Several of them were being babysat. Different people, different families, different races, different backgrounds. They're being babysat by older siblings. Right. Those older siblings would get sick of them while they were babysitting, lock them in the closet, shut the door for hours. Right before mom comes home, let them out to go to the bathroom and act like nothing happened, right? right. So then they're always, they've always been afraid of the dark, right? But let me say this. And so to uproot yourself from something you learned at zero, one, two, three years old is a huge thing to do. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, for example, when we were born, none of us knew how to go potty. Right. We all went on ourselves. And, like, I, I mean, even tra- transitioning my daughter from diapers to, to the toilet was a big – she really felt like, I don't know if I can really go in that ball, <laughs> right? Although everybody around her did it, for her, she needed new evidence. How Well, make me, make me understand why I have to use the book. Why can't I keep using it myself? It's been working. And technically, and, and quite frankly, it could always work. She could have all – somebody out there could wear a diaper their entire lives until something comes along to change the atmosphere for them, and it invalidates the old thing of I can never do this and lets you know that you can. Huh? Okay? So invalidating is huge. Whether you find the root or not, invalidating is probably the biggest thing you have to do. And then be able to tell yourself, okay, there are other people in the world like me with this quality, with that quality, with that skill, without that skill, and they make it. Why not I? And start thinking about that. Start peeling the onion on that. Mm-hmm. We're looking at that. You know what? This, like I said, there are other examples. This, this guy is successful in his life. This girl was successful in this relationship, and they have – Similar experiences to me in some form of fashion. Guess what? They can make it. I can make it. I'm looking at their example that they're putting forth, and I can see if I can duplicate that. And then if there are no examples, here's a here's a brave new thought. Really brave new thought. Seriously, be the example. Okay, so for Christopher Columbus, who else before him has sailed the ocean blue? I mean, that's how I learned it in school. Sure. In uh, whatever 1492. year, 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, right? Um, how many people have done that and died and not come back, right? But he said, hey, I can do this thing. I can do that. So there's always a chance for you to be the person that does it, even when you didn't see people around you doing it. I mean, go backwards. Again, let's go backwards in time. Horses and buggies were the main form of transportation in the world. That's what people did. You want to go somewhere, you get in a horse and buggy. If, you, if you're not taking a horse and buggy, the next thing was the boat. If you're not going to take a boat, then they came up with trains. But at that point, nobody had seen or thought about a car. Somebody invented a car. And I can guarantee you there were people that said, that'll never catch on. Nobody's going to use a car. Everybody's going to use a horse. They're easier to manage. They become your friends. They can work for you. But now, how many people have a horse? Does it happen? There are small sections of the community of the world that still use horse and buggies as major as, like, the only transportation mode, right? So you can go find, like, Mackinac Island. They might not have cars there. I think I've read that. There may be some Amish Amish communities or other religious communities for religious reasons that don't use cars. But the majority of the world is using something other than a horse and buggy to get around. 
right? But imagine that the day the first car is made, that you see a strange new noisy thing that's going to take oil that you have to pay for, right? He can't eat apples from your plate. You can't go get them hay. And somebody's saying to you, this is going to be the next car. Somebody had to say, I don't think so, but somebody else had to invalidate that. So just work really hard on once you find out what an insecurity is, to let tell your brain over and over again that that's not true about you. Okay. No, that's great points, Doc. Great points. I think one of the things well, on the next point is that most alone with that is stop comparing yourself to others. You know, it's easy to become insecure when we're constantly comparing ourselves um, with other people. We tend to uh, compare our weaknesses to other people's strengths, right? So stop comparing ourselves to other people. I know there's an article on the uh, on the internet just the other day about how you know when folks are on the red carpet and you know all dressed up. You know, the top of line makeup is in there. The guy's sharp, freshly saving. And then, you know, you're at the house looking at yourself. You know, well, I don't know nothing like that. You know, I don't have any clothes like that. I'm not in the shape of that. But guess what? That's that's their best, right? On on, on most part, those folks are not looking like that on their day-to-day life. So you're comparing your day-to-day life to their uh, red carpet um, attire, you know, their, their red carpet look. It's not a fair comparison, okay? So we can't compare ourselves to other people. Absolutely. Here's the, here's the other thing that I think people don't think about. You're comparing yourself to other people, and other people are compare, comparing themselves to you. So whose comparison is more valid? Whose voice is going to be the loudest voice in your head, right? Here's another, here's another thing. You don't know another person's insecurities. You only know your own. So maybe yours is about the way you look, but somebody else's is about their leadership. Someone else's is about their speaking. Someone else's is about their parenting. Your job is not to figure out how you're better or worse than someone else, but to be the best you that you can be. So if you're going to compare yourself to somebody, compare yourself to you. What changes have you made? And then another another thing, too, is when we're doing comparisons, what group are you comparing to? Are you compared to the best group, the worst group? Because I can make myself perfect if I compare myself to the, the worst group out there. Right. There's a big fish in a small pond, right? You're the, you're right. the biggest fish in the smallest pond. Like, okay. Right. Well, then what really does that mean? There's a whole huge uh, Lake Michigan out there, you know, compared to what versus the little neighborhood pool or pond, right? Mm-hmm. So, like I said, really who you're comparing yourself to. Mm-hmm. And then figuring out, again, this is really important to me, whose voice is going to be the loudest voice? Whose voice matters the most in your life, yours or somebody else's? And that's something that you really have to think about. Whose voice matters the most? Is it your mom's voice? Does it matter the most? Is it your boss now? There's always somebody out there who matters, right? So, like, it does matter if, you're, if your supervisor thinks you're doing your work or not. So I'm not saying that that doesn't matter. Right. It matters. It matters for your job, right? But it shouldn't matter for who you are, for your self-esteem. And how many times have people been hurt at work about something a supervisor said, something a manager said, something a coworker said, and it's destroyed them in every area of their life when it really only matters at the job? You, that's a very, very good point to the work environment, that – because your manager may um, think your work is subpar or things of that nature, it doesn't mean that you are subpar. It's his opinion of your work. It doesn't mean that's necessarily a fact. I mean, it's a fact for your job or your employment there, but it doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily impact, impact your overall skill. Because you can take that same skill and go to another manager who praises you for the same work that you just did or another company, and, the, and that company praises you for the work that you just did. Okay, so it doesn't necessarily impact who you are as a person on your work. You have to decide that. I mean, if the, if the person is giving you valid feedback, 
you have to take a look at that. You know what? Maybe this person is valid. I do need to change. Okay, I do need to improve in this area. Okay, but if it's just kind of opinion based, subjective based, things of that nature, okay, I'll I can change for what you need to do for work, but that's not going to lower my self image by myself. Absolutely, absolutely. Here's a, here's another thing that we should be thinking about. Your boss may be right about that particular thing. Right. So you ask yourself, is he right about that particular thing? And if he's so, if so, what does that mean for me, right? So let's say you did a bad job on a particular piece of work, right? Right. Okay, now what? So let's say your boss brings it to you for constructive criticism and supervision. And, and do know in supervision, like it's rare for someone to, to, to for their supervisor to walk in and click their heels and say there's nothing you got to work on. Right, right. No, very, very, very rare does that happen. So they're going to look for something that's, that's going to bring you down enough so that you can kind of know, hey, Bob is still the boss of the situation. Well, that's part of their job, right? Because right? if you have nothing to work on, they're not helping you any, then they're looking at, why am I needed here? And that's what right. the boss is saying. So I've got to have some kind of uh, value that I'm adding, mm-hmm. like coaching and development or guidance. Okay. Right. That's part so of the job. Once you found out if it's true or not, now what? You know what I mean? So yeah. don't let it be an insecurity. If if there's something that you're not, you know, one of the biggest things that, that I see people fall down on is paperwork, right? And they could be the best X, Y, Z in the world, but maybe paperwork is bad. If I come in and I say, hey, Darren, your paperwork doesn't look, doesn't look like it should look, that could be true, but that's no reason for you to feel any less than what you are. Right. It's a reason for you to get better at the job that you do or evaluate, is this a job I should be doing, or evaluate, is there another position I can take where this won't be such a negative for me. Right. Okay? All right. Great point. Uh, number four, consider, um, consider your own strengths. You think you talked about this a little bit earlier in the, in the, in the show. Your known strength, right. right? So things that you know where you're at, list, kind of list out your strengths, what are your strengths, focusing on those, okay, because a lot of your insecurities come from focusing on things that you may have trouble with. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, I'm not the best public speaker. I'm not the best at writing reports. I'm not the best breaking ice initially with somebody in a relationship. But once I get to know someone, I'm great, Okay. So let's not necessarily focus on I gotta be the best icebreaker in a in a party. I can't necessarily go up to a stranger, start a conversation. But once it's, so once I'm in a group, conversations happen, I'm engaged, then I can I can flourish. Is this your personal story? Are you saying for example? No, I'm just saying just for oh, example. example. Right. No, it's not my personal story. And then play to those strengths. I mean, successful people play to their strengths. Yeah. Right. If you look at Michael Jordan, he played baseball and basketball. Right. His strength was basketball. He played to his strengths. Absolutely. And at some point, you know, I write tells the story, he was benched by the coach and he was told he wasn't a great player in either high school or college, but that did not stop him from working on it. That's when he started to, to do more, to, to hone in that craft, and he's still a legend in basketball today, right? So, I mean, if we look at the, the finals that just happened, one team won, one team lost. Should that break the losing team? Should it break their security? Of course not. Break their security or confidence? No, because one team had to lose. Right. And the other team lost the previous year. Right. That's just this one particular moment in time. Okay, great. Next year is next year. Right. And do know that moments of glory are brief. They're very brief. But so are the moments of negativity. They will pass as well. So remember that if you're in a negative spot, this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And uh, last one to talk about is put your insecurities behind you. Because once you're aware of your strengths and weaknesses, you have to balance out in the end, okay? Forget about what you lack or draw on uh, where you rock the competition. So focus on your strengths. And if you fumble today at the office, remind yourself 
of a top, uh, top sales record you had three months ago. So if you do have a failure, you know what? This is, again, just one moment in time. But guess what? I had other moments where I was very successful. Let me focus and remind myself of those successes that I've had in the past as well. Absolutely. And if you think about it, like whenever I go to my dentist's office or a lawyer's office or a medical office or here in our clinic, all of our degrees are up on our wall. Mm-hmm. They're up. Why? Not just to let you know that we have a degree, but to remind us in a tough spot, it's okay. I finished something already, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And so if you can, surround yourself with your victories, not your, your defeats. Surround yourself with your positives, not your negatives. Be able to look up on the wall and see pictures of positive memories. If you, if you work in a cubicle, put up a picture of the last time you did anything good, even if it's like planting something in your backyard. Surround yourself with those things so that you can take a moment to look back at them and remember that you can do something well. You hit it right ahead. From an office standpoint, you come to my office, I've got awards that I've gotten at the company uh, uh, in my desk drawer, letters of accommodation um, that I've gotten from, from bosses or bosses' bosses. Hey, congratulations on this. You did a great job on that. Mm-hmm. And you can reflect on that. Guess what? Because everybody can have a tough day, right, where you are getting criticized. Hey, you didn't do this. Good. Guess what? I can open up my drawer, and there's five or six things that I've gotten um, awards for or recognition for. You know what? This is just a one moment in time. Mm-hmm. I can go ahead and I can change it. But guess what? Overall, I'm still doing well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here, here's another thing. You might have a tough year. I mean, people can have a long period of tough time, but there has to be a time or two that you can hold on to to keep your head above water, to keep you in the game, to help you stay stable, Right. you know, so that you don't end up missing out on the things, um, the positive things that could be coming your way. You know, so we're excited that you guys tuned in. And then just really quickly, I want to go over some ways to overcome issues in relationships um, or insecurities in relationships, determine the cause, negotiate relationship rules, avoid mind reading, quit the comparison game, which we've also talked about, look for the positive, which we just got through talking about. So really, no matter what the relationship,